Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. This is Duffy Dixon with Business Radio X. Thanks so much for joining us. Let me introduce our two dynamic leaders of Soar Vision Group. Ben Sawyer is the Chief Executive Officer. Ben has over 30 years of executive leadership experience, and he has significant guided strategy deployment experience. He has worked with many clients and has achieved dramatic, sustainable operational performance and greatly improved outcomes. Next to him is Jennifer Strahan. She is the president of Business Optimization Services for Soar Vision Group. Jennifer has partnered with more than 100 health systems and businesses across the nation, uh, helping them transform their strategic and administrative operations. They partner with a number of companies, and today we have a really cool one. Uh, joining us is Brian Foss, who is the CEO of Lollaboo, and also Cameron Glass, who is the COO of Lollaboo. Now, I have seen the website, and I know about this product, but I want you tell us about what is Lollaboo. So, Lollaboo, we make simple baby-wearing products, and our, our first product was called the Sue's Shirt, and I'm wearing the version for dads called the Dad Shirt. Yeah, let's and tell, let's, if you can't see us, we're, this is also, we're videotaping, this is also a podcast, you have a fake baby strapped <laughs> yeah. onto you in a cool looking shirt yeah it's a demo baby so this is like a, a newborn baby and the whole idea of these shirts is we wanted to make it very easy to baby wear so at Lollaboo our tagline is simple baby wearing we think the easier we make it the more people will do it and we want more people to do it um, and so with our dad shirt that I'm wearing you just slide your baby in and go about doing what you're going to do with your child because we want to make products to encourage parents to do things with their children. Now, you do have other products for moms as well, but I think, you know, you, the dad shirt was the actual product winner for 2018 mm-hmm. Maternity Magazine. Do yeah. I have that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the dad shirt. And this, you are from Atlanta, and I'm telling you, everyone is talking about this. Mm-hmm. I have people on my Twitter feed talking about the dad shirt. This is so great. Was it important to you to include dads? It was really important. In fact, our first product was just for moms. It was a Sue shirt, and we had a lot of moms requesting products for for the dads. Um, and it wasn't until I had my second child, my daughter Flora, that I really felt left out too because my wife was wearing the Sue shirt. I didn't have something for a newborn baby, and so we decided let's make let's make a version for dads. Um, and it's really caught on. We didn't know how the market would respond, um, but I think there's so few products just for the dads out there that it's, it's really caught on more than we even expected. Well, you've worked with Soar Vision Group, and you guys have really helped them in this vision. Explain that, Ben. Yeah, so... Um Lullaboo is a really fascinating company that's incredible with innovation, and now they're at a place where they're looking for investors, um, either to invest in their company directly and or even potentially uh, acquire the company at some point. And so to do that, you have to pull together an investor deck. So it starts actually with the description of the leaders. So before we get into that whole process and sort of how the investor uh, preparation process connects to the organizational hierarchy of needs. Please introduce yourselves a little bit more from the leadership standpoint because your backgrounds are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Cameron, I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, so I joined Lalibu about a year ago, um, and prior to that, I had been spent my career um, between retail in sort of functional roles in retailing and uh, merchandising and planning. 
um, across a lot of different retail companies, um, had also spent a good bit of time in consulting, um, so had gotten to see sort of the ins and outs of how do we fix problems um, on the consulting side, um, but really was missing just a functional, being able to have a tangible product to stand behind, and so um, when the opportunity with Lalibu came about, it was a great um, a great fit for me. And Cameron, you're being modest, so I know you have your MBA from... <laughs> I do have my MBA from Emory. Um, and you worked at Saks for a while, Saks. and I forgot what consulting company... So I worked for Kurt Salmon, um, yeah. is a, a boutique retail consultancy, um, as well as North Highland, which um, also does retail So Cameron has an incredible background, as you can tell, and to be able to bring that to a company the size of Lullaboo has been significant, Brian. Oh yeah, we've been thrilled to have Cameron on our team. It's been awesome. We wouldn't be able to do what we've been able to do. I mean, we've really grown a lot in the last year and a big part of that's been having Cameron on our team. Right, yeah. and your your background is interesting in that it started with industrial engineering. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, systems engineer uh, background, uh, industrial engineer from Georgia Tech. Uh, my first job was actually working at Disney World uh, in the theme parks, helping to optimize how people move through the theme park. But everything about systems engineering is how can we do something more efficiently? How can we do it in a more optimal way? So when you take that and you apply it to baby wearing, my wife and I originally were on a trip to Africa. We learned about baby wearing. We loved it. We get back to the States. We realize um, people don't do it as much. Well, why don't they do it? It's too complicated for some people. So essentially what we've done is applied a systems engineering perspective to baby wearing. How can we make it simpler so more people will do it? Um, so anyway, from Disney, I, I actually got my MBA at Georgia Tech as well, and I worked for an e-commerce company called Supply.com, selling toilets online. Um, I sold. Everybody we, needs one. Yeah, everybody <laughs> I mean, does. Talk about supply and demand. Another conversation for another time, but yeah. I can convince anybody to buy a new toilet. Um, at the time, we were selling a little over twenty million a year in toilets online, and when creating Lollaboo, I thought, well, if, if if I can sell toilets online, it should be able to sell just about anything. So it wasn't intimidating to say, we'll take this new product, we'll try selling it online. And so uh, left that job to do Lollaboo full-time, started selling direct to consumers. And that's largely how we've grown is direct sales to consumers online. And your wife and co-founder is a systems engineer as well, right? Yeah, that really that really helped. We complemented each other well. Uh, Carrie, my wife, worked uh, full-time in the business um, until we had our third child. And at that point, she wanted to be able to be home with the kids more. Um, but uh, we had different strengths. I'm more the visionary a little bit, even though we have the same background. And she was more uh, on the operations side. And so it was a good, good fit. So if I can relate that back to our organizational hierarchy of needs, because you've mentioned a couple of things around systems engineering, but mm -hmm. what you've actually touched on is looking at customer value. So mm -hmm. how do you create customer value by giving them something that we don't always think about? It goes back to those innovative companies. They're mm -hmm. often giving us a delighter that we didn't recognize we needed because we've become accustomed to what was out there. Mm -hmm. Baby wearing, so as a mom, I can tell you when my son was small, I wish I'd have known about your products because mm -hmm. it's complicated unless you're strapping everything in or wrapping something around you 50 times, it's very intimidating. So you've talked about customer value mm -hmm. and you've also talked about the organizational effectiveness and how do you actually make it to bring, how do you have your company and a capability to bring that value to the market? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and just adding to that a little bit, we always wanted to make products that would add to the market. And our goal has been 
let's create products that are going to expand the market. So we're not trying to take customers necessarily away from the existing baby carrier companies. We're trying to make products that are going to bring new people in because still um, about 40% of people in the U.S. register for baby carrying products, so the market can grow a lot. And that's why we're trying to simplify it. And for people at home that can't see, I have a, another product here. It's our our Wearaboo baby wearing romper, which it, we aren't even shipping yet, but it is a baby romper that the baby wears throughout the day and everything you need to wear them is integrated into it. Uh, it's very different. There's nothing like it on the market. It's going to ship later this year, but it's an idea too. You can put this on your child and everything you need to wear them is with you all the time. So it's like instead of the diaper bag? Well, yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean, what do I, I don't have children, so forgive my for, for, forgive my dumb question maybe, but what, what can you carry with the baby well well, let me put it this way my baby wearing shirt that i'm wearing it's intended for newborns until they're big enough for a traditional baby carrier okay if you have a traditional baby carrier it's a piece of gear you need to carry around when you're not using it with this baby wearing romper this picks up when babies outgrow the shirts and the baby can be wearing this throughout the day so whether you're in your kitchen and you just want to pick up your baby for two minutes you can do that or whether you're out at the store it's with you it's not oh i left my baby carrier at home or i need to carry this thing around it's with them and on them all the time. So can you put the baby in there and kind of demonstrate what that looks like? Well, what I can do, uh, since not everybody can see it, I can explain it. Because what I'm wearing is a newborn demo doll. This would be more for like a uh, 6 to 18-month-old baby. Right. But basically there's a middle uh, zipper that you unzip, and you can put the baby in there. Shoulder straps that go around. So it looks like overalls. It looks like overalls. It's, it's cute on the baby. Mm-hmm. It's like an outfit for the baby. And then whenever you want to wear them, there's these... Uh, uh, zippers on either side where there are stowable straps that come out. Oh, oh, very fancy. And the stowable straps, it's actually a lot easier to use when it's actually on a baby. You just pick them up and put your arms through it, whether on your front or your back. So it looks a little bit like a backpack, but mm-hmm. it would be worn on the front. Mm-hmm. Or the back. Or the back. Mm-hmm. But when you're not using that, those go away, so it oh, that's genius. That's also and, nice because you mentioned it's for a little bit older children, yes. where again, I think a lot of my knowledge of the market, which is definitely not as extensive as you guys, that it's targeted much more towards younger children other than like hiking backpacks. (laughs) Well, there's a sweet spot for baby wearing and I would say it's from birth until children are about two years old. Lots of people do it longer than that, but when you're going to do it the most is in those years. Mm -hmm. And so our shirts are ideal from newborns until they're four to six months old. And then this is ideal until they're running around on their own, a two year old. Um, and if I were to add one more thing about this new baby wearing romper, we don't get into details all the time on marketing, but it has a lot of safety benefits. The way that baby carriers are evaluated are how likely can a child slide out of it? How likely are they to suffocate, like their mouth will get covered? This design fundamentally takes away the leg holes that babies can fall through. It also takes away the pouch that they can slide in so they can't suffocate. So from those two major concerns, it eliminates them, which is something that's nice. So one of the other interesting things, Cameron, is there's actually a difference between baby wearing and baby carrying. So can you explain to the audience a little bit about that and why what you're doing at Lullaboo is, is so unique? Sure. So, um, yeah, there is a there is a pretty big difference. And I think a lot of companies um, out there right now are, are more in the baby carrying space. Um, baby wearing, I think, is more of a real lifestyle. Um, so it's it's a more overarching concept. And so at Lollaboo, like Brian mentioned, um, we're really looking to um, make baby wearing more accessible to everyone so that it's not just something you do when you go on a hike or when you take your child to Target or, you know, maybe places 
places where you you traditionally see people wearing baby carriers we really want parents to be able to do everything that they're doing with their baby right there with them um, because there's so many benefits to that for the for the children as well as for the parents for bonding and so it's essentially a subset of baby caring but it's a market that you all have innovated on and in some ways are the market leader on and how big is baby wearing within the whole baby carrying market yeah i'll answer that and i'll add a little bit to what cameron said there um i think there's a real tension for parents between keeping up with the just demands of everyday life and investing time with their children and so with baby wearing what we're trying to do is make it easier for them to do things together and have more time with their children and more shared experiences because speaking for myself with three children my oldest it's flown by He's not a baby anymore. I can't do this anymore. So this is about making it possible for people to create some more of those shared moments along the way. As far as the size of the market, um, if you look at the U.S. market, uh, depending on who you talk to, it's somewhere around a $250 million market per year. And that just gets to there's about 4 million births a year in the U.S. And then you do the math of the percentage of people that baby wear. um, And that's where the market size is now. Now, that's U.S. A lot of baby carrier companies, over half their sales are international. So you can take that U.S. number. You can effectively double it or even a little more if you want to get to the worldwide market today as it is and it, it's a growing market because not everybody does it so there's room for it to keep growing so let's bring this back to the inspector or inspector, investor mm-hmm. uh, process and thinking about what what is it that kind of triggered this thought process what made you recognize hey we would really like to see how do we go to the next level mm-hmm. because it goes back to attention we were talking about earlier in terms of cash versus operations and growth Sure. So Lalu has been a bootstrap business uh, from the beginning. In fast, the first two years um, when my wife and I were doing it on our own without a team, uh, we didn't pay ourselves. Uh, and we've always grown a little ahead of the cash that we had. Even right now, I mean, we're developing two new innovative products. We've talked about the baby wearing romper. We have another one that, in my opinion, is even more innovative and really excited about it. And so we're investing all this cash in new products that we're not going to see revenue for uh, for maybe another 12 plus months or so at any given time. And so we've always done that through being really creative and keeping our expenses low, um, keeping our overhead low, and and just trying to be efficient in what we do. But eventually you get to a point where you say, all right, if we're going to grow our distribution channels, if we're going to market this really as we need to, if we're going to get the people on our team to fulfill the different roles, we're going to need more money. Because there's a certain... uh, kind of threshold that you need in a company to have all the roles, whether you're small or large. And so we've been like Cameron and I and the rest of our team wears a lot of hats, uh, but to really go to the next level, to go where we are now, we realize we need some cash. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, investors look at things pretty comprehensively. Mm-hmm. And so we started off this conversation before you were introducing yourselves to say this actually links to this organizational hierarchy of needs that, that viewers can see uh, behind mm-hmm. us. And for those who Go ahead, Duffy. Yeah, for those of you who are listening to the podcast um, and following along, we give this out every week. Get on your laptop or your computer, www.leaderdialogue.com. And the first thing you will see is this organizational chart. And you can see where we're going to hit every single one of these things. And this is interesting to me because we've never done a show about what you need to present to potential investors. And this should line up pretty much. It lines up. Perfectly. So for the viewers, uh, let me just unpack this a little bit, and then we're going to ask you guys some specific questions about it. So what the viewers know from looking on the homepage is that the organizational hierarchy of needs has five levels. Mm -hmm. It starts with what's your strategy? 
and you guys have already talked about the differentiated strategy of baby wearing versus baby carrying, which has the differentiated value of giving parents and their children more contact time uh, as they're growing up and better relationship development. Uh, and it's also at a price point that they can afford, and it has a safety factor. So okay. there's a number of differentiated things that you talked about that. You then talked about strategy execution. You bootstrapped. Mm -hmm. You figured out where your distribution markets are. One of the things that I'm going to come back and ask you about is how you've leveraged social media mm -hmm. to help get the word out. But then if you just go down through the rest of it, you've had to manage financial performance. You talked about that. Uh, you've had to manage customer value and how do you tap into demand. Mm -hmm. You've talked about organizational effectiveness, and we'll talk more about that in terms of how do you get the most out of your processes and the money you're using. And then ultimately, you just referenced your team which is everybody's got to be on the same page and acting like owners to make that happen. So with that as a backdrop, as we were working together to develop your investor perspectives, what were some of the sort of standouts or highlights in developing that investor deck and things that if investors are listening right now, you would want to emphasize to say, look, these are really the standouts for us. Um, well, I'll start. I, I think um, as we were building out the deck, it was um, like really crucial to get all of the financial performance metrics nailed down and be able to highlight those in a really like clear and um, concise manner. Um, so that was something that we, as, as we started working through, what are the right things to really be showing? It was reassuring or refreshing to me to see like Lalibu really has been operating like in a very clean um, fashion like our expenses like Brian said were, were really in check um, so there was nothing like from an investor standpoint that would stand out as like oh this is a big red flag like they haven't been you know managing their money well or or they've been spending on something that doesn't work I think um, as an organization we are pretty nimble so we like to test things um, see how they're working and then pretty quickly make a decision whether we want to move forward with it or, or not and because of our business model we're able to see results pretty quickly in most of the things we invest in um, so as we were working through the deck that was something that just um, getting all those numbers together and being able to really present those um, was was really interesting I think. and then on the same financial front brian you were looking at your projections mm -hmm. and and clarifying where you could go so talk to us a little bit about that what what is the potential for Lullaboo in this space sure so we've grown uh, last year we were just under a million in annual sales uh, this year we're aiming to be around 1.5 million in annual sales uh, the prospectus that we put together has us going over the next four years to around 8 to 10 million in wow. annual sales and it was great to look at that because we realized our growth has been almost entirely through direct uh, sales online so where a lot of the other uh, brands maybe in the space they grew through distribution channels whether international distribution or major retail and so we could say well here's where we can safely based on our five years of history project our direct sales growing and then if we layer onto it these other channels uh, it, it actually is a conservative thing to say oh we're gonna grow to this eight million dollar number because we actually had a more aggressive one that had us growing to 20 million dollars and some of that gets to how much investment do you take how aggressively do we go after these new channels but the the eight million dollar one was the conservative if we keep doing what we've been doing and just scale it more and layer on these new products yeah. but but as your partner that was helping you with the investor deck we were convinced of 
both things. In other words, Cameron, what you talked about was the organization was really well run. There was no, there was no um, uh, monies being spent that were unnecessary. There was no extravagance. It was all very, very focused. And we looked at the $20 million number and said, oh, no, that's for real. Like when, when we look at the market size, uh, I appreciate your conservatism, but I think $20 million actually is for real. <clears throat> the next thing that we look at is uh, customer value. So, Jennifer, talk mm-hmm. a, a little bit about this tap into demand and specifically kind of how Lullaboo went after that. Yeah, so we've talked about this a lot on the show over the last several weeks and different ways that you can start to look at demand. Uh, it's interesting because I think the, the value that you guys bring is that you have a niche with innovation. Mm-hmm. So in most businesses, and this is actually particularly hard to manage in small businesses because, to, as you alluded earlier, you're wearing many hats and you're mm-hmm. having to do many things at once. It's very difficult to be able to also think about how am I doing what I do really well right now, but how do I also continue to explore new areas and be able to grow in those areas. But you guys are living proof that you've been able to do that. And what's interesting is that you've been able to look at it from the needs of the customer, which they may or may not even realize is a need. And that's to me where you really look at innovative companies like Apple and Amazon. They recognize things before the customer even realizes it's something to ask for. And I think it goes back to the systems engineering background that you guys have to really put the customer first. So you have used also very effectively social media. Talk to us about that as it relates to your distribution channel and connecting with moms and dads that are interested. It's interesting because when I used to sell toilets, right, we didn't use social media that much. I tried. It just people wouldn't talk about what toilet they had. Um, <laughs> but we did Not a, a lot. game changer. Yeah, yeah. We did a lot of paid search, uh, direct response, uh, paid advertising online. And so I started with that. But then what I did is I basically said, well, let's give ourselves a month to focus on different channels. And so, hey, a month focusing on what can we do with Twitter? What can we do with Facebook? And then we got to Instagram. And I just had so much success in some experimental things we were doing with Instagram. So we started focusing in there. And what basically happened, our products now have tremendous word of mouth. In fact, you just get it in somebody's hands. A mom or dad using this product is going to interact with other people at the same life stage, and they're going to ask them about it, and they're going to tell them. And it's something so visual Mm -hmm. that you have to stop and ask. I mean, it's something that you... How is that working? It just looks like a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Is How can that be supporting the baby? The baby's so comfortable. I mean, that's just got to be an automatic conversation starter. Yep. And so when you're thinking about marketing, the way I thought about it is if I can get a product in somebody's hands and I can safely assume that at least one more person is going to buy because of this, um, I'm not losing money. Mm-hmm. And so from a marketing, we've spent a lot the majority of our marketing budget on just getting product in people's hands. Um, Yes, we can do some ads and things, but it's just effective to get the product out there. So we strategically identify parents and and we get product to them uh, because we figure they're going to tell their friends and that's going to help us grow. And we have a whole process. That's like the high level. There's a whole process of how we do that. So before we get off um, tap into demand and customer value, you've done some other big things. You were on Funderdome, Mm -hmm. right? And you also had some other... Uh, big visibility. Talk to us a little bit about that and how that potentially augmented your visibility in the market. It's always nice uh, to get some press. We're always welcome to that. Um, I think our biggest win that we've had is there's a, a video done by a site called Business Insider, and I think it to date it's gotten over 25 million views. Um, and they actually did that without our knowledge. They just posted a video and it took off. And that just speaks to the viral nature of the product itself. Um, but yeah, we got to be on. Uh, Steve Harvey's Thunderdome, um, and all these opportunities have come to us. We actually haven't looked 
for much PR, we've done this process of just getting the product out in the market, and then these PR opportunities have come our way. And we think there's a, a lot of uh, opportunity for us to seek PR and get more of it. And that's that's part of why we're getting investment. So right, there's only so much. Uh, our team's four full-time employees. There's only so much four full-time employees can do. And so we're trying to add to that. Right. So when we move next to organizational effectiveness, if I'm an investor and I'm listening to this, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, so if I expand what you do beyond what the four people in your organization are doing, uh, if this product has that level of connection, there goes the growth, right? In other words, what I need to do is just invest there, increase the ability to get the product to potential users mm-hmm. increase the vis- visibility and and you've already proven that doing that actually grows volume that is i i just if you're already getting that kind of buzz mm-hmm. people coming to you mm-hmm. for pr you know from being in a news background that is that is pretty great yeah that people are coming to you and saying hey can we you know, do yeah. a story about this, or hey, will you be on our show? This is a great product. Mm-hmm. That is almost impossible to do, especially repeatedly. And the fact that mm-hmm. it's sustained is great. And as an investor, I mean, that's a win. Oh, okay, so mm-hmm. let's say I just put in a little bit more money for yeah. one PR thing. I'm already ahead. Right, and you want a fresh, hot product in your stable of products? He's already so, talking about another one he has. Right. right. So one of the what this is is it's a testimony to how you've been able to listen to the customer, mm-hmm. tap into demand, and actually take it to the market. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it shows you that innovation because a lot of people we've talked about this in the past. A lot of people start a business and feel like word of mouth is going to just take them to the next level, mm-hmm. but in reality, that's actually pretty rare. And I think what it comes mm-hmm. back to is how you've been very intentional with everything you've done. Mm-hmm. You've not you've not allowed yourselves to get distracted and you've done it with very strong differentiated products which comes back to again customer value and one of our key questions for every company how do you differentiate yourself in the market mm-hmm. and as ben said at the beginning you've done that i mean it's a very different thing mm-hmm. you're offering right yeah, and, you know originally i actually thought we'd never make an, another product like when we first came out with the suit shirt i thought well we're making this product and i honestly thought somebody else in the industry might pick it up right away from us something changed a few years ago and it was having more children um, where I had to go start using the other products when they outgrew our products and I wasn't I wanted some things that I couldn't get and so then the mindset changed like okay let's come out with some new ways to baby wear for older babies but let's not just do it like everybody else that's not adding value to the market right uh, let's come up with something that's meeting an unmet need yeah absolutely so as we take it to the next level down so the next level down is organizational effectiveness and organizational effectiveness has three components to it one is develop productive partnerships one is maximize operational efficiency and the other is create high demand services and our products so let's start with that one i think that's pretty obvious that you did that by listening uh to to the market but talk to us a little bit about that as it related to how that translated into creating organizational effectiveness and the significance of that to an investor. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'll add, and I think this plays right in here, but you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that um, Brian and Carrie, as they started Lalibu, were really intentional about investing in intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this space, that's really important because there are a lot of other players. And like Brian said, in the first year, if a big 
another big baby company had come in and said, oh, we're just going to steal this and it wasn't protected, um, that would have been the end of all of it right. then. Um, and, and that's hard as a small business to invest because it's not cheap, you mm -hmm. know, to put your money towards something that really is just a piece of paper, um, I think is, is a really sort of gutsy thing to do because you're taking money there from what you could be doing, you know, to, to, to add build. value yeah. right mm -hmm. now. Um, but as we're talking to investors and other companies, that's like one of the first questions they're going to ask, right? Is like, how are you protected in our, uh, with intellectual property? Um, and we are, are very well protected. So that's been a great sort of asset that we have um, that started way back when the company was first founded. What are some other things that you've done, Brian, that we haven't talked about that really underscore organizational effectiveness? For example, I, I know you guys have an interesting shop that's quite efficient as mm -hmm. it relates to how you take in product, manage it, and so forth. Just explain a little bit for us how that works. Well, I'll add one thing, too, that I think has made a difference for our team. So we have a giving model. Uh, we give 2% of all of our revenue. And this was actually one of the things that motivated me to quit my previous job and to launch a business is, okay, um, I enjoyed the work I did before, and I enjoy the work I do at Lullaboo, but the idea was if we're going to do a business, we want it to be more about just the profits for ourselves. And so ever from the very beginning, even when we didn't pay ourselves salaries, we always gave 2% of all revenue. And to date, I think we've been able to give over $100,000 in microfinance loans to moms in Africa. We've supported over 1,000 moms, and we've gotten into, and our customers choose now to support adoption and other things. And I'd say from an organizational effectiveness, um, Cameron could speak to this. I don't know if Cameron would have come and worked for us if we didn't have stuff like that in our culture. Mm -hmm. I think that's been something that's driven people to want to be a part mm -hmm. of what we're doing. Yeah. I think that's right. I think also, you know, as a team member, um, the the company is very um, deliberate about sort of accountability. And, and while in a small business, people do wear a lot of different hats and, and you're doing a lot of different um, roles, we've been really deliberate about people know sort of where their space is to play and then in being willing to kind of jump in where, where needed. So that, that alludes to the bottom piece yes. of the hierarchy, which is around colleague engagement. Mm -hmm. How do you create a culture mm -hmm. around which people want to come work with you? And that's actually a component where we don't always talk about it, but it's an embedded pillar and it really stems mm -hmm. back to leadership and organizational and personal values to make sure that you are building a company and a culture that people, not only that you say represent something, but that it actually does and that you can feel that when you're there. Mm -hmm. So we could go on, yep. um, and I know Duffy wants to wrap this up, and we need to do that, but just... Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> well, we need to. I was going to say, I mean, if people want to keep listening, I'm, I'm here all day. Yeah, me all too. Right. And I'm fascinated. I am fascinated by this product. Absolutely, Thanks. and so am I. I, I want to just do a shout-out to the <laughs> listeners, and particularly any that may be uh, in the investment crowd. Um as the CEO of SOAR, we've been working with Lullaboo to help them in their investor deck. We take a very hard look at, at the performance of a company relative to the backdrop of the organizational needs hierarchy, and this is for real. This, this company knows what they're, what they're doing, um, and there's a tremendous amount of potential. I think what you're talking about with the market is conservative. I think there's a lot of opportunities. So we really appreciate you coming in today and sharing that. For our listeners, it's a great example of how you put all the pieces together to be able to successfully run a company. Absolutely, and for any business, this is how you do it. Right. And this is a great example of 
this is how you do it. So if I can just add one thing before we wrap is thinking about for a lot of other companies out there, this is interesting to them, right? Mm -hmm. Because as owners, you invest so much time, so much energy, and there's always that question of what's next. So whether that's growth and I want to stay in the business or whether it's a a concept of selling and having an acquisition of the company, Mm -hmm. or is it just continue to kind of run full speed and, you know, continue to go on throughout your, your day to day, there's all these different pathways. And you guys have really brought a diversity of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. but at the same time, a focus and a discipline to stay um, really engaged on your end goal, Mm -hmm. which is creating these relationships and these safe, effective products Mm -hmm. for for families. So I think this is something that we can continue to to, um, unpack in our our show next week with our deep dive. Absolutely. So for more information on the man shirt or the dad shirt and all the other products, lalaboo.com, correct? L-A-L-A-B-U.com. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. This is really, I hope people get a load of the video because it really is demonstrative. It's it's great to see how this works. Um, thank you for joining us on Leader Dialogue, presented, of course, by SOAR Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. Remember to tune in every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time to listen to our live weekly broadcast. And then if you want to listen to any of our other shows or listen to this one again, you can go to leaderdialogue.com slash podcast. On behalf of Ben, Jennifer, and our producers Mike, Trey, and Nat, thanks for joining us. I'm Duffy Dixon. We'll see you next time on Leader Dialogue on Business Radio X. Thank Thank you, you guys.